What is up, everybody? Welcome to another baseball pod with the boys. This is the All In Man Cave podcast. I'm your host, Cole Haight. Back with my two favorite people to talk about nothing other than MLB baseball. MLB baseball is back, everyone. Everyone who gets any type of update to their phone definitely already knows that baseball's back. And the players have come to an agreement uh, on a five-year agreement to actually start and play baseball this year. I know it was only it was less than a month ago. Tyler and I, Tim and I, everybody I talk baseball with was talking about whether or not we were going to start the baseball season on time, how many games were, were going, going to be canceled, and what was actually going to happen based on the disagreement between the players and MLB baseball. And guess what? It's back. Opening day will be April 7th. It, right now, it's March 24th. We've got two weeks until baseball starts. Uh, and I know of two people that are definitely super excited to have baseball back. And I'm happy to have them back on this podcast. Tyler Martinez, been on here on the podcast multiple times. He's back, ready for the Mets to make a charge this year. I'm so glad to have Ty here, as well as Tim Lehman. If you guys don't remember, Tim was on our last podcast about baseball. This guy's super stoked. He always talks about the Phillies not making moves. He mentioned it multiple times on our last podcast. And guess what? The Phillies went out and made moves. Tim, the long, long, the long, long time baseball player is super excited as well. I'm glad to both to have both of you guys on this podcast. What is up, homies? What's up? Hey, how's it going? They're back. They're ready to talk baseball. So am I, even though you guys know that baseball is not my number one, my number one sport. Football's popping off. Baseball's popping off. It would not be fair for me to come on this podcast twice a week and talk about football without having baseball come on. Uh, and guess what? You guys are baseball for this podcast. So congratulations to you guys. Cause if I was responsible for baseball on this podcast, no one would listen to it. So thank you guys for being here. Let's hop right in. I mentioned that baseball is going to be starting April 7th. They, the players and ML and MLB baseball have agreed on a five-year deal. Uh, the teams voted 26 to four on the terms of this deal. Uh, the four teams that voted nay instead of yay uh, are our two New York teams, the New York Mets and the Yankees, the cheating Houston Astros and the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, no surprise on the Astros. Uh, there wasn't any cheating involved, which is why they didn't vote for this contract. Uh, pretty, pretty blatantly obvious. And the two New York teams who are big spenders in MLB baseball were not a fan of this either. However, Tyler, I know you have the specs on this contract. Tell us about what changed and what they agreed upon. So pretty much uh, baseball and the Players Association, they agreed to have an expanded 12-team postseason format. Um, the minimum salary increased to $700,000 starting this year, 2022. And each year it's going to increase by 20000 for the next five years. Um, the luxury tax, the quote-unquote luxury tax, um, that has increased from 210 million to from last year to 230 million, and then by 2026 it will be set at 244 million dollars. And they also included a fourth tax level, which is now called the Steve Cohen tax, which 
ironically, as soon as the Mets get a owner who wants to spend money, they somehow develop this fourth level so that they can control their spending in some certain way. But it is what it is, I guess. Just glad to see the Mets spend some money. Um, there is a committee that will consist of four active players, six members appointed by Major League Baseball, and one umpire. And they will oversee adopting changes to playing rules, such as a pitch clock, base, base sizes. I didn't know that was actually really a thing until reading on about this. Um, so that's pretty interesting to see. They will... They're, I think they allow up to 45 days to make a change into some rules, which is awesome because there were some rules last year that just didn't make any sense. And now with this committee, you're able to make these rules or make these changes. Um, some news, though, injury news. Fernando Tatis Jr. out three months in a motorcycle accident. Fractured his wrist, going to need surgery. Um, reports are saying that he has missed in his career. 30% of his games. Hold on. Fernando Tatis Jr. missed 30% of his games in how long? How long has he been in the league for? Maybe two, three or four years, maybe. So He's three or four years. years. Tim, you got you got a comment on this, Tim. 30% of three to four years is about a year. Does that seem reliable to you? No, not really. Um, but the... Has he? I'm not entirely sure because I don't really follow him other than like I know he's a huge uh asset to the Padres. Uh, I'm not entirely sure like if all of his outings have been from injuries or if it's been uh from COVID and also from other like just random stuff that's popped up in his life that he's had to miss games. But yeah, 30% of his games missed with only being in the league for a few years, it's not looking too good. Yeah, it's most of it was injuries. Um, if I can pull it up here, it would say like he last year he dealt with pretty much like a separated shoulder and he played through it for a little bit. Then he went on the IL, which is the injury list healed up. He there's the record shows he's a fast healer. So a lot of these injuries that were popping up for him, it was, he was, Oh, we come back relatively quickly um but yeah it's most of it's all injuries though like he dealt with maybe like two or three injuries last year and it's, it's so just... weird i mean his between him and acuna two of like the youngest and like talked about names in baseball they're constantly seem to get injured acuna is weird though because most of his injuries are dealt with by like from other teams because they just throw high and inside to him constantly and just peg him but uh, yeah, it's not looking too good for either of these guys. Yeah, it's it's a shame because it's like how many good players are you gonna go through before something like serious actually happens? It's sad because all these players are young and they're good for the game of baseball. So seeing them injured, regardless of what team you play, like what team they play for, like Acuna, he's fantastic for baseball. Braves have him on a contract extension, and it's a steal for what he's producing. But it, it, it's it's sad. It's, he's it's sad. he's now the face of that franchise. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's there's no doubt about that. But we can agree more into the Braves. Agreed. Two polarizing players, and we didn't talk much about Pete Alonso. Although 
Pete Alonso's good in a car crash. He reported to spring training right uh, uh, even what was it four days Ty four days four days after the crash. I think you were tr- recorded reported to spring training, wasn't it? Or was I re- did I misread that? So he was on his way because when disagreement came through, it was that Thursday. So what was that? That Thursday was the tenth. So on March or March tenth, baseball and players they agreed to the the contract. Then it was told that they had until Sunday. Sunday was the mandatory date to arrive at spring training. He was on his way to spring training. He already lives in Florida, but he was on his way. And then this guy ran a red light and smashed into Peter Alonzo's Ford F-150, and it rolled three different times. And the only way he could get out of the car is by taking his windshield in. That's insane. And he showed up. And then that Monday he showed up, participated in certain drills, not much. And then Tuesday he was, he was full on, like, I'm ready to go. That's, that tells you how crazy it is. Like, I know we talk sports on this podcast, but life and how crazy it is. You always hear stories about people flipping cars and not making it out as sad as it is. And Pete Alonzo, a, a multi-million dollar top tier M, uh, MLB player just kicks his windshield out and reports to spring spring training in a, in a couple of days. It's absolutely amazing to hear about. And like, th- those are the kind of stories that you really don't see that often uh, for polarizing players. They get projected in the media a little bit better than some less polarizing players. Um, and I know the word polarizing is, is, it has a negative connotation, but just talked about is basically how I'm using that word. Uh, but Pete Alonzo made huge groundbreaking news in his performance in the, in the home run derby. And, and Ty, I know you were super stoked about it that he wasn't really a headhunter to win that, to win that crown. And guess what? He started, he brought his way and made his way up uh, to be the name that he is now based on his performance and how he was able to conquer the home run derby, which a lot of people, honestly, in the media and, uh, listen, the only person I know in, in MLB media that I trust is Jeff Passan. Everybody else is just a troll, it seems like, or in some shape or form. Um, I don't know, like most of the local, the local news outlets for, for MLB, like in terms of like the beat writer for the Miami Marlins or like stuff like that. But like major, major national news, Jeff Passan has some good stuff. Uh, and I follow him on Twitter and he has a lot of good, a lot of good insights. He's basically like the Ian Rappaport of football for all the football fans out there. He's got a lot of reliable information and he's got, he's got good sources. So uh, they all like him and a lot of people like Pete Alonzo. So I'm, I'm down with it. I like his, I like him. I like his story. I like the way he's come up. I'm just glad he's okay. Honestly. Yeah. It was like, he was, when they interviewed him, he was just saying, no, like, I'm I'm just happy that I'm on a baseball field. I'm just happy that I'm doing these drills. And, like, how many people – I feel like it – like, he saw what he, what he could have missed. And, like, now he's taking the small things that a lot of people take for granted. And, like, some of these athletes, they take for granted, like, all these small things. Now you see, like, no, these are not small things. Like, these are very important. So some drills that you might think that are never going to come into play and that he's doing, like, he's, in, he's just – taking in the moment and realizing like how lucky he has it basically how lucky they all have it to be honest and we're talking about any sports you're playing a sport you love to make millions of dollars who out there would not sign up for that i know tim would 
I know Tim would. Uh, yeah, it's you're nuts if you uh, someone gives you all ten million dollars to try to hit a baseball. Like, yeah. Listen, I'm going to be honest. You can give me ten million dollars. I'm not hitting that baseball. I'm not hitting it either. There's no way. I'm not hitting it. Jacob Degrom. Tim probably could. No. I'm voting for Tim. Out of the three people on this podcast, I'm voting for Tim to hit the 100 mile hour heater. I'm voting. Tim, what do you, what have what have you to say? I mean, well, to that comment, I said I, I could try to hit a hundred mile per hour heater. Uh, I actually just recently went to the uh, batting cages the other day and swing, not in the best of shape. I'll just leave it at that. Hey, it happens to hey, it happened to me. I was on the I was on the putting green the other day. I, I free putted every every green from ten foot out. Normally, I make those. And I'm like, geez, this is going to be a long golf season. We got a lot of opportunities, us three going out golfing. This is going to be an interesting combo. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> it's going to be some fun. I'll tell you that much. But all right, so let's so let's move on. Let's go to the to the ghost runner rule. So the ghost runner rule is a, a bit con- controversial, to say the least. Uh, the fact that any inning after nine innings, a, a runner starts on second base. That's the gist of it. Um, but Tim, let's start with you, the ghost runner rule in extra innings. What have you to say on your opinion on whether or not it should stay in, uh, even though it's going to regardless because they've agreed upon it, or are you on the other side of the fence? Uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, personally, as a Phillies fan, nine times out of 10, when we do go into extra innings, it's a 15 plus inning game. And I would prefer if the Phillies just saved uh, their energy for the next game. I just 15 innings is just way too much. That's way too much baseball for even me, like uh, a, a guy who loves the game. I'd, I'd prefer it stay at 10, 11 innings max too, hopefully. So that runner on second, it, it does add a little bit of drama to the game uh, that potentially wouldn't be there. If it if it wasn't, uh, hold on, I just kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, uh, Tyler. Can I get your opinion on this real quick? While I collect myself. Uh, yeah, I do not like this rule at all. I absolutely cannot. I can't stand it. I'm. I mean, I think that rules should definitely be changed, but I think one of those, like this, shouldn't be one of those rules. Like it. You should stick with the game of how it normally is when it comes to extra innings. Everyone gets a clean slate, game's tied, extra innings, you go in, and you don't need a runner on second base to to help score runs. At least you shouldn't. You're a major league, you're a major league baseball players. You should know how to hit the ball and get runners on base and do the fundamental things of what baseball players do. But I mean, I see why they have it to speed up the pace of the game because a lot of people, they don't like that the games can take four hours or five hours or so. I get that. But to me, there's also some excitement. Like how many times do you see games going into 15 innings, 16 innings? Like you get at some point, it's kind of exciting. Like really like, okay, like this is, is this really going on right now? Like this game going into almost 20 innings, I mean, to me, I find that very exciting, um, but I just to have this ghost runner on and I just feel like it's like almost like not a home run derby, but like I feel like it's like almost little league 
you're going to like tap the ball to right field. Okay. Run scores and another player, then a team comes up, they do the same thing. So I feel like it's just going to be back and forth. So, and then you have that, then that pitcher has to come in and say, all right, like I can't give up a run. So there's a lot of mixed feelings, but I, I don't like it. Yeah, the ghost runner rule, I'm, I'm not in favor of either side, to be quite honest with you. I can see games going longer for the fans that want to see more excitement because I think the extra runner on, as unfair as it kind of is to just put a base runner on uh, and allow a team to score a run with just one hit when theoretically it should be two or three and in, in, in actual rules of baseball, of singles uh, and probability and what have you. Uh, but I understand it from the other side as well. Like, let the games play out. Don't put the runners on base. But, Tim, if I agree with anyone, it's going to be you. Coming from the guy who never watched nine innings, there's no way I'm watching 16. So, uh, to be quite honest with you, that that's too far. Uh, and even for the biggest baseball fans, obviously not the, the diehard fans that will never miss a single pitch of a game. They buy the, M- the MLB package, even though they only make $500 a month. The, the type of diehards that go out there and get get the MLB network and are able to watch these games uh, on large projector screen TVs and just analyze everything. Uh, it's something I can't relate to because I never made it through nine innings for one team, better yet, all 32. Um, however, let's move on. Let's talk about trades. Those are the headlines. Let's talk about the trades, which are also headlines. Uh, basically, and this is the more, is more recent news, um, Matt Olson. Uh, former Oakland A is traded to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, and I think the Braves won the World Series last year, if I'm not mistaken. So what is this impact of Matt Olson? Uh, not to mention Oakland A's actually are the smallest market team in America. So what does that mean for this for this player? 
Uh, Tyler, what what is what does Olsen offer the Braves, and what kind of what kind of uh, grade would you give this trade? So Matt Olson, uh, phenomenal first baseman. Uh, he's replacing Freddie Freeman, which this is from what I've heard. This is the first the first time in a very long time where a polarizing player on a World Series team is no longer on that same team the next year. Like this doesn't usually happen. Um, so Matt Olson coming from the A's last year, bat two seventy one, hit thirty nine home runs. Played in almost a full 162-game season. He played 156 games. Um, at the time, like, when this came out, it was it pretty much signified that Freddie Freeman's days as a Brave was done, and it was. I was um, absolutely shocked to hear it. I was definitely shocking in a way because I never, like, there's certain players on a team where it's like, they can't play for any other team. That's just their team. They're going to play for that for their whole entire career. And Freddie Freeman was definitely one of them. And to seeing the general manager, I, Annopolis or whatever his name is, I can't even pronounce it. He, seeing him cry, like he was getting, like, a lot of people were praising him and showing his emotion and everything, which, I mean, I've seen that. Like I've seen players cry and stuff when they get traded and everything like that. But what I don't understand is if Freddie Freeman was such an important person to your organization and for years to come, you're telling me you couldn't have gotten a deal done. Like, like to me, I just find that very odd. The whole whole little thing behind it is weird too, because supposedly the thing that broke it was the Braves only wanted to give him five years. And correct. But the, the weird thing is, is there are, because Atlanta with taxes, he ended up Freeman ended up going to the Dodgers for six years. I forget what the total is, but because it's in LA, he's technically going to make less money overall with this deal with the Dodgers than if he would have signed that potential five year deal with the Braves. Now I'm not correct. I so it's it's kind of up in the air who you want to like more or less blame it on is it more freeman's fault for really i guess wanting six more years uh other than five but like i I don't know i would have loved to see freeman stay in a braves uniform even though i'm a phillies fan uh, i am a as much as everybody praises acuna as the the face of the braves my whole thing before uh this happened was you cannot forget about Freeman. He, up until this whole fiasco, was a diehard, uh, true and through Braves player. He was he, he was Chipper Jones's replacement to the Braves. Oh, you're absolutely one hundred percent correct. And it's funny because like when you're breaking down the contract, Matt Olson gets an eight year deal. Like he got an eight year extension, and granted, he's making twenty one million dollars a year. And Freddie Freeman with the Dodgers is making 27 for six years, but there's a lot of deferrals in Freddie Freeman's contract. So he like pretty much $57 million is deferred in payments and will be paid from 2028 to 2040. So the fact that like, it just, 
I it just it frustrates me because it's like how you're you're crying then stating that this is the hardest trade you ever had to make in your career. But really, was it? Because yeah. you didn't tell you didn't tell Freddie Freeman what was going on. He came out and said he was completely shocked. Like he thought they were making some headway and all of a sudden he gets a notification or whatever saying that Braves trade for Matt Olson. So for you to cry and say it's the hardest thing, like, I'm sorry, I don't feel sorry for you because if this guy is your, if this dude is your guy for that organization, you're going to do whatever it takes to bring him back. And the fact that you couldn't give him one more year, you have the DH, like he would have been a DH at some point. And for what the guy can still hit, maybe he wouldn't be able to field, but if he couldn't field as much anymore, then you have that DH and that DH is going to be there for five out of the six years of his contract. So I just, to me, it just, it didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense at all. From, from me personally and, and transactions often happen in sports, uh, but often not a lot of them are, are heartfelt. And that's what that that's what that cry kind of symbolized to me. And, and it's a very simple problem. Uh, I'm a finance major from Kutztown, so I love numbers uh, and I love math and, and I love being a realist. But is there a sal- uh, you guys can answer this. Is, is there an official salary cap for baseball? No. No. There isn't at all. Okay. They have this uh, luxury tax that you don't want to go over, quote unquote. But, but you can you can play even though you go over it, correct? Yeah. So you just yeah. get the uh, team gets taxed more. Okay. So and you and and he said he loved this player and and he's the epitome of the Atlanta Braves. And yes. and, and and listen, I love the man. He used to he used a pink bat for a while. He's the coolest dude I ever saw use a pink bat, to be honest. And that's just coming from me. I love his swing. Like it reminds me of a golfer. Yeah, but it does. It reminds me of like he's po- he's poking a two iron stinger right up the middle. Like it's so enough about golf. So basically what it comes down to is that they loved him that much. Th- there had to have been some sort of break in that relationship because it doesn't seem like Freddie Freeman's the type of guy, number one, to leave for money and number two, to make a stupid decision to actually take less to leave. So it, one of two things have occurred. Uh, the organization wanted to go a different direction than Freddie Freeman and may see some of what they were, where they want to go with Matt Olson or Freddie Freeman just flat out thinks he has a better shot getting another ring with the Dodgers than he does with the Braves. That's, that's basically, that's basically what, what I think the two options are of what would have happened to this relationship. So yes, everything you guys said is hundred percent legit. Freddie Freeman, good dude. Love him. Did, never heard a bad word about him. And for the organization to come out and say that, comparing it to NFL organizations that come out and how they feel about maybe, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or organizations that clearly need a move because there's players with what you would call reg, red flag qualities off the field or in the media. Freddie Freeman's not that guy. So there's got to be some sort of break in the relationship. There has to be because that's the only way that a, that a player of that magnitude takes up essentially based on what you just said, less money in the long run for one extra year to go to a different team. It, and th- that team that he just played for just won the world series. So there had to have been a fracture somewhere, whether that be in his wrist or of his skull, there was a fracture somewhere, metaphorically speaking. 
not uh not getting in motorcycle my motor, motorcycle accidents like like Fernando Tatis, but but we're we're talking about like metaphorically, there might there's got to be a fracture between him and the organization. What side? I have no idea. But let's talk a little bit about the Minnesota Twins. New trade. Actually, I guess it's not that new. It's a few weeks old, right? But uh, Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez. Urshela, Urshela. I like Urshela better, actually. (laughs) A little mermaid going on here. There you go. We got the little mermaid (laughs) reference. It's good. So Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez make their way from the New York Yankees to the Minnesota Twins in return. Josh Donaldson goes to the New York Yankees. First thing I saw this go directly to my phone and texted Tyler. Is this a good move? Uh, And Tyler, without further ado, your response was go ahead. Urshela is a decent infielder. Uh, Gary Sanchez, he'll hit you bombs. That's for sure. But he's not a great catcher at all. I mean, he's, he had a lot of problems, but he's also like a Mark Reynolds type of person though. He didn't be just batted above 200 last year, but he can hit home runs or strike out pretty much what that's what you're going to get from him. Uh, this was going to happen probably last year, but it didn't. Gary Sanchez was his days in, in a Yankee uniform were done. He, they got tired of him. He just wasn't producing and, so, I mean, they just dumped him to the Twins. Granted, is he going to make your team better? I really don't know, to be honest. I Probably truly not. don't know. I don't think. Like, there was speculation that the that the Twins were just going to trade him to somewhere else. But then the Twins came out and said, no, he's going he's gonna to act as the backup catcher, but mostly be your DH. So, I just... The Twins are saving a lot of money in that con in that in that trade because they owed Josh Donaldson fifty million dollars and the Yankees for the next two seasons, and the Yankees are now paying that. So you saved fifty million dollars, which helped you out at, at some point because we will get to that in a little bit. But it definitely helped you out. Listen, I it's a Minnesota team. Why am I not surprised we're getting screwed in a trade? I'm not. I'm not surprised. I'm honestly not surprised. Listen. Uh, all Minnesota teams get screwed in trades. It happens to my wild. It happens to my Vikings and it happens to my twenties. So uh, listen, uh, Gary Sanchez hits bombs. Mark, the Mark Reynolds comment. Awesome. You know how much I absolutely despise Mark Reynolds. And it's just because I've watched him hit 45 home runs and strike out 260 times in a season. It's absolutely wild. Uh, but honestly, it reminds me of how I was as a hitter, as a kid, which is probably why I switched to golf at an early age. Uh, however, the twins are going to win 50 games this year. They're, they've already gotten three in spring training. Let me include those. And we only have to win 47 more. <laughs> like, so we're good. Like just you guys just let me have it. Like the, the Phillies and the Mets are in a good spot. Let the twins get 50 wins and we're good to go. So with all, without, without further ado, we're going to move on to our next topic. The Mets get another pitcher for their awesome rotation. Uh, Tim has talked already about two players he'd love to watch pitch. And they're both currently on the Mets starting roster of starting rotation of starting pitchers. Uh, The Mets get another pitcher. This also from the Oakland A's. Ironically enough, the smallest market gets rid of good players. I wonder why they're the smallest market. It's so ironic, right? 
Uh, so the Mets pick up Chris Bassett from the A's. So, Tim, the Mets continue to astound you and make you an amazing believer in watching two of the greatest pitchers you would love to see live. Now Chris Bassett is there. They have a very strong rotation, and you're a Phillies fan. The Mets keep bolstering their starting pitching. The Phillies have a problem with their bullpen. But would you trade, and how much money would you trade to have the Mets starting pitching and not the Phillies? Go. I'm sorry, can you? Can you repeat that question? How much what, money what would I be you trading? Give, how much money would you be willing to give up to take all of the Mets players and pick them up and redress them as Phillies starting pitchers? See, I that's a tough question because I don't I don't know if I would be willing to take the the Phillies problem isn't really their starting pitchers. It's as soon as we take them out, we're host. And we have like, and the Mets problem right now is the uh, we they have absolutely no run support. So if I can, if I can just get a little bit of that magic that the Mets have in their bullpen onto the Phillies, uh, that's a World Series ring this year. That's a bold statement. I like it. Ty, would you like to rebuttal? Would you like? uh, Would you like a rebuttal? Um. Granted, I love our starting rotation. Uh, there's a lot of question marks, though, in a way. Like, Max Scherzer is old. Jacob deGrom was, didn't pitch all the second half of the season last year. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks. Um, Carlos Carrasco, he pitched today in a minor league game against his own team, basically, and he gave up five runs. Like, it's just – so there's question marks, but – if and just like every Mets fan, it always comes down to injuries and hoping that everyone stays healthy. If everyone stays healthy on this rotation, aka Matt Scherzer and Jacob Degrom, that's going to be scary. That I one hundred percent will say that Jacob Degrom, when he comes back, will still just be an absolute animal. Every time that man has been injured, and they send him to a. Uh, in an assignment to just give him some innings. I I believe it was two years ago or something like that. The opposing teams like double a Twitter account tweeted like Jacob DeGrom is throwing 98 miles per hour against us right now. Please send help. Yep. Yep. That was the Cardinals organization. Same, I forget the name of their, their team, but yeah, it was then they didn't even know. Like it was just like a last minute thing where there's like, Hey, like, DeGrom's pitching and they have the only way that they could pretty much get ready was playing MLB the show. That was the only way they could figure out like, okay, this is what we're going up against. So yeah, that was, that was pretty funny to see. I think I ended up following their account afterwards. Cause I was, I was dying, but yeah, yeah, that's Scherzer. Scherzer's getting up there in age, but he's still just an absolute workhorse. As long as you let him throw and he, Gets that crazy eye going, he'll 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 produce. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Like I, you just gotta let them be. Let them be. Let them do what they want to do. I mean, I just saw a video yesterday where Degrom pitched for the first time, and during he was still he was talking to Matt Scherzer, and Scherzer's like, "How about you throw a curveball in there at one point?" And 
first batter he faced after having this conversation, he dropped the curveball and it was a strike. And he looked at over, he was on the mound. He looked at Max Scherzer and smiled and continued pitching. So it's like, that's there. Like that, that's good. Uh, that's like, they're going to keep each other focused and they're going to be competitive towards each other because granted, I mean, Max Scherzer is definitely a hall of famer. Jacob DeGrom could be, I think if he wins another Cy Young, it's a done deal, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see. I love to see they're, it. They're going to push each other to fight over the ace spot. That's correct. Throughout and it's the like, season. That's absolutely correct. And I, if I have the Mets, if it came down to a game, it's going to be hard to pick. Who, who are you going to pick? I mean, did you do, would you game sevens on the line? Like, what do you do? Like in a world series, do you have DeGrom go out? And then if DeGrom last seven innings you just put in scherzer boom close it out i mean they're pretty much untouchable i would split it i would split it halfway i feel like they both would have to pitch that game yeah four four and a third four and two thirds no it's definitely exciting to be a mets fan to finally see what they're doing and having owners spend money it's amazing to see and buck showalter watching him in interviews he's hysterical his mind goes all over the place and it's funny. So he's going to do well. I truly think he'll do well. So it's, it's exciting. I don't did, want to get my hopes up, but it's exciting. Did the Mets come out and say like who their starter would be for opening day at the ground? Yeah. Buck Walter said, okay, yeah. He cool. said it's going to be the ground. That's interesting. Um, I agree with everything you said. It would be hard to pick. Um, but I think I think I'm I'm piggybacking off of what Tim said. I think they're going to push each other to be either the same that they've been before at the top of their peak, or even a little bit higher, uh, based on that little bit of, of friendly competition. Basically, being on the same roster, being in the same bullpen, throwing at practice, like whatever that is, whatever that 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 joint. I don't. I what do you, I don't know what you want to call it. Like that that joint camaraderie that they have in terms of a, a, a practice, a game, uh, talking to each other on the bench if they're both not starting, whatever that is. I, and I think Scherzer, being a little bit older, uh, can give a little bit of wisdom to, to DeGrom because DeGrom might be struggling a little bit mentally, honestly, with all the run support he hasn't gotten. And that might be like mentally straining on him. And, and he may be able to get some pointers from, from Scherzer because Scherzer went through it in, in Washington. So... Uh, there were games that I've I've seen uh, in passing, I guess, uh, or I've watched a few games in general because all Phillies games are on cable TV. So the Nationals play the Phillies often, and Scherzer would be pitching. The Phillies would have four runs, and they would only have one and be the sixth inning. So he's gone through similar situations like that. So I'm not too surprised. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised if either of them became the number one ace or it went back and forth throughout the season, depending on ups and downs with both. Um, but that's going to be interesting. And their starting rotation is going to be good now. Well, even with this, well, even with this Chris, let me throw this in here real quickly. Even with this Chris Bassett guy, I mean, I haven't watched, I didn't really watch him last year, but today they're interviewing him and there's this whole arbitration thing going on. And he was at one number, Metro had a different number and he flat out said, like, some reporter asked him, like, hey, like, does this bother you? And he's like, no, like, my focus is throwing, is playing baseball. I love playing baseball. And 
part of my French, but he's like, I can give two shits what my contract is because that's what I pay my agent for. And to have that too, like it's going to be, a, it's going to be fun to watch these three guys. So thank God Marcus Stroman is with the Cubs. All I have to say. Yeah. Nobody likes Marcus Stroman. All right. Those are the trades. Let's move on to free agent signings. Free agent signings is the biggest part of this podcast. And there's a lot of juicy stuff in here. So let's get started. Uh, we'll start off with the one that we basically already talked about. So we can basically take it off the list. I love how podcast planning goes. So Freddie Freeman signs a six year, Tim, here's your number, $162 million contract with the Dodgers. He will be in LA. We talked about him already. No, no need to talk about it anymore. Will not be a part of the world series organization. He was on last season. So Freddie Freeman in LA, the Dodgers are making a huge move. They've been making huge moves. Uh, and it just seems like they're, they're almost like the Patriots. They kind of know when to get rid of players, but their team kind of same say, uh, stays the same in terms of quality that's on the roster. Uh, I know they got rid of a few players and we'll talk about that way later about some of those players. Uh, hint, hint for what we talked about before the podcast started for both of you, uh, but that'll be a surprise for later. Um, so let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, the wannabe Jim Tomey. Let's talk about Kyle Schwarber. So Kyle Schwarber signs a four-year, $79 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. I saw his press conference on Twitter. And I'm sorry, he reminds me of a younger Jim Tomey. I don't know why. I've never seen him play defense. I've only seen him hit home runs. So I literally don't know if he defensively is anything near him. Uh, but he's left-handed, and he reminds me of Jim Tomey. He Tim. will not be a Phillies defensive player. He will almost always be our DH. Word. And I was just about to go to you. What does Kyle Schwarber give to your team, and are you excited? Uh, I'm excited. Like I said, the Phillies never, at least last year, we didn't have too much of a, an issue with run support, but uh, bolstering our lineup even more with Kyle Schwarber is always a plus. Uh, if we take the approach of we're just going to score harder, that's fine. But I'd prefer to, like I said, bolster our bullpen just a little bit, just a little. But Schwarber's always a He's just a little bit of uh, icing on the cake. Tyler? Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm sick and tired of seeing Schwarber in the NL East. He was last year, he was with the with the Nationals, and he all he did was hit home runs. And I remember watching the game. He hit three home runs and against the Mets. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then he went on that tear with hitting home runs. And I was so happy when he got traded to the Red Sox. And of course, now he's back with the Phillies for four years. And he is a hell of a hitter. He's a hell of a, a hell of a home run hitter. Um, he can play left field, which he's a big dude, but he can play left field. He holds his ground there, but no, he's definitely gonna be your DH. Um, I just, I was hoping the Mets would get him to be honest. Just to like that would definitely be icing on the cake for them, but it, it's okay. It's all right. It's you are so biased by that. He's like, I hope that he doesn't go. I, I hate seeing him in the NL East. Let's bring him to the Mets. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I love, Absolutely. it. I love it. 
I uh, love it. Yeah. All right. All right. So Tim, the, the next few are, are all for you in the, in the, in the Philadelphia Phillies. So let's move on to Nick Castellano. So uh, Phillies also sign former tiger. I know he played for another team, but I still don't know what team that is. Ty, you can help me out. Uh, Diamondbacks and reds. Diamondbacks, Reds, and former Tiger, because uh, I remember him destroying my Minnesota Twins. Uh, but Nick Castellano signs a five-year, $100 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. I actually didn't hear about this move, and I see most of them on my ESPN updates. Yes, I do get MLB updates to my phone, surprisingly enough, to both of you and everyone listening to this. Um, but I did see a Twitter reveal of what the Phillies starting lineup would be. Uh, and it looks yeah, it's, it's pretty nasty. It's pretty nasty. And and you just heard it from Tim. They made some huge moves. Uh, and it looks like they're going to start taking what would have been uh, the Kansas City Chiefs move. Not this past season, but the season before with the mantra of let's just score 12 runs a game. And it doesn't matter if we give up 11. So that's basically how I'm seeing it. If they're not going to address the, the bullpen uh, and their starting rotation, isn't bad. Honestly, I think the Philly starting rotation is pretty decent. What would you think, Tim? Pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, five and six can be a little iffy at times, but for the most part, it's pretty solid. Yeah. So starting rotation, not bad. They'll have a bad game every once in a while. The bullpen will struggle, but how often are you going to give up 11 runs in a game? Uh, and listen, they're they're bolstering that lineup to try and be the offensive power. And, and honestly, the reason they're doing it is because of teams like the Mets with starting rotations that look like that. Uh, so the best way to do that is to go out and get these players that can hit for power. Uh, and Nick Castellanos is no slouch in terms of hitting for for average as well. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, but the Phillies are making big moves. And to, and since we were just talking about your bullpen, uh, Tyler, why don't you take the uh, you know, take the honor here and, and, and tell Tim your newest his newest uh, his newest player that he's picked up to, to join the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen. All right. Well, you know, you had to throw that one at me. Um, so Philly signed Jerry's Familia. He was a longtime Met or quite a few years they actually traded him a couple years ago to the A's when he was going to be a free agent the next season and he signed a three-year deal um they're gonna get a good pitcher he throws hard he has a good sinker um he's gonna have his moments where it's like what the hell is he doing but he's a good pitcher he was a closer kind of sad to see him go to the Phillies after being in orange and blue for the longest time and he posted a picture in his Philly uniform and in red is a terrible color on him. Red is an absolute terrible color on him. But he is a good pitcher. He will bolster your your bullpen. He's pretty much has like he has a rubber arm basically. Like he you can throw him at any point in time. He'll probably be your setup man. I mean, who who's your closer? Like I don't I don't even remember who your closer is, but if your closer is not performing, then it will definitely be Jerry's Familia, but he'll most likely be your setup, man. Tim, the reinforcements are coming from, from New York. The reinforcements are coming. You got at least one person to add to your bullpen. Now does one person make the bullpen? Absolutely not. 
Uh, I was the only pitcher on the freshman team in Easton in the bullpen, uh, and I got absolutely rocked. So, and my arm also hurt a lot because I was the only setup man. So, um, listen, Phillies are making moves. I know it's not what you think, but I worked at the Iron Pig Stadium for a while, and maybe you got some you got some people that are going to come up from the Iron Pigs and and play uh, in 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 a position where they can assist your bullpen. Yeah, and maybe I'm hoping- it's possible. I'm hoping the Phillies also take the Braves approach that my friend was telling me about. Who He's a huge Braves fan. Uh, what the Braves would essentially do if you did not live up to expectation, you'd get reassigned, and they would just play hot potato with uh, the bullpen until something clicked. So I like if, hot potato. If, if, that sounds like a good, good way to go about it. I mean, if the Phillies think- have to do that to get somewhat of a decent bullpen or to get there to scare them into actually – doing their job, I'll be fine with it. I'm down with it. Sounds like a good plan. Honestly, if, if, if the, if what they're doing now is not working, they need a change. So if, if that's the change they're willing to make in the, within the organization and everyone's on board to do so, I'm a hundred percent down with the Phillies making that type of move to kind of make their bullpen a little bit better. But I expect big things from both the Mets and the Phillies this year. So let's move off of that and talk a little bit about Kenley Jansen. So Kenley Jansen, huge, huge individual, like physically gigantic individual. I remember watching a lot of games back in college with Tyler. We were roommates back at Kutztown University. I remember he would get on the mound and I would ask Ty if he's actually a baseball player uh, or if he's like a wrestler, UFC fighter, boxer. I don't know, but he's huge. Uh, and he throws a, a, a pitch that, I mean, it moves a lot. And I think it's honestly, I think it's a two seam fastball that moves a lot, if I'm not mistaken, or a cutter, something. He throws something that cutter. moves. Yeah, it's, it's a, a cutter. cutter. But Kenley Jansen gets signed by the Atlanta Braves, one year, $16 million deal, uh, $10 million more than Jerry's Familia, uh, who signed a one year, $6 million deal. So there's your difference in money right there based on performance uh, and based on age, I think, because Kenley Jansen is relatively young still compared to Jerry's Familia, honestly. I think it's at least a few years, but the performance is enough for him to get paid $10 million as well. So, uh, so Kenley Jansen goes to the Braves. They bolster their bullpen uh, before the, uh, even on the podcast, even before the, the podcast started uh, the Braves bullpen is what everybody wants in terms of production. Uh, Tyler said it, Tim said it. So uh, they, they bolster that bullpen a little bit more and, and they lose Freddie Freeman. They gain Matt Olson, but they also make improvements to their pitching staff. So it looks like the Braves are going all in to try on a repeat here. So Kenley, 100% Jansen, agree. yeah, they're, 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 they're going all in. They want to make sure it works. I don't know if Acuna jr. Is going to be, I don't think he's going to, is he going to be ready for opening day? No, I don't think he is. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be. He flat out said if it was up to him, he'd be playing. But no, he's he's not going to be ready. He's still injured, so he's not ready yet. So th- so when he comes back, that team's going to be in full full force. Uh, and honestly, Tim, I don't know how much you've seen Kenley Jansen pitch uh, for the Dodgers, but the importance of a closer and the importance of somebody in the bullpen, which we've talked a lot about with the Phillies lack of skill in that, like how important on a team is the bullpen and the closer and, and, and for a team to be successful, to have a decent season, like in your, you're a former pitcher, uh, you played baseball a long time. Like what is your opinion on how important that role is or those roles? 
Uh, it's super important. Uh, pretty much, I like if you're starting, you don't want your starting rotation to constantly go nine innings. So you need to have a couple guys in the bullpen just ready to go to throw two, three, two, three innings as hard as they can uh, whenever you call upon them. And pretty much, like I said, the Phillies haven't really had that. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 happy that the Braves are bolstering it. It would be pretty sick to see. As much as I hate to say this, if the Braves were to repeat without Freeman after all the drama between them two, I think that would be a uh, pretty pretty cool to see. But yeah, uh, you definitely need a. a a bullpen that you can call upon at any given moment. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And honestly, I, I wanted to hear it from you as well, because uh, some teams are taking, I feel like if at year to year and like, I'm not like an avid follower. Like I'm not you guys. I don't follow, even if it's just your own team versus the league, like everybody follows differently depending on how and what interests them within the sport that they follow. So like I'm a I'm a stat rat for for I, I call myself a stat rat for the NFL. Like I'll tell you what college a random fifth round pick uh, that got drafted by the Jaguars in 2002. I'll tell you what his strength is. I'll know him. I'll know his name. Like I'll 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 know I'll, I'll be able to tell you a lot about him. And I know you mainly follow the Phillies. And I know that this this setup man, this bullpen, this closing situation has been a problem and you talk about it a lot. And I know you're pretty, you're pretty into how much of a problem it is. So I, was, yeah. I really, I, I it is, I have said this countless of times when we've worked together, I go to bed so many times with the Phillies up by three to four runs and wake up to a loss because of the bullpen. That's a problem. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah, it's a problem. And honestly, I, I just know uh, that usually it goes b- the back uh, in the in reverse for me. Usually the only games that I see that I wake up to and the Twins win, they were down eight nothing in the first inning uh, and they win 10, nine and 10 innings or some crazy type of situation like that. Um, but let's transition. Uh, we're going to go just add one more thing to this. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. With the with the closing situation. Uh, one of the easiest examples I can give of how a good closer can finish it out Cubs when they won the world series, who did they call upon every time they needed a clutch moment Araldis Chapman, one of the best closers in baseball by far. Tyler, what do you have to say about that? I agree with that statement. He's, he's good. He's well, not good. He's great. He's definitely great. Um, I mean, there's not the whole job of a closer is you have to like, yeah, you have all game to prepare for that situation. But the fact that you're sitting for nine, like almost eight innings, at least eight innings. And sometimes it's seven innings. You come in the eighth and you got to get six outs to close the game. And you're and that's and that's your job. I mean, that's you have to go in with a certain mindset and Dude can throw 103 miles an hour. We've seen it a thousand times, and he he would definitely be a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt in my mind. Got to get one person that you can always count on to close it out. 
Absolutely. Tyler, you're going to be pretty proud of me. Uh, I do remember a closer and one that I was very fond of. Uh, Brian Wilson, the beard from the San Francisco Giants. That had to have been, my Lord, seven, eight years ago, maybe less. Maybe. Uh, um, maybe I don't less. I just remember the beard and the fact that he had like he threw heat. So it was it was good for me. But let's move on. So as as non polarizing as the Colorado Rockies, the small market team is in the MLB, uh, they made some moves. Uh, so the Rockies signed Chris Bryant to a seven year, hundred and eighty two million dollar deal, uh, as well as they lost a big name in Trevor Story, who signs with the Red Sox on a six year, hundred and forty million dollar deal, uh, which makes the Red Sox a little bit more scary in that division. Uh, so let's talk about some of these Rockies players. And, and Tyler, I know you feel some type of way in quotation marks about what the Rockies are doing and have done recently. So please take the floor. All right. So, yes, Chris Bryant signs a seven year, one hundred eighteen million dollar contract with the Rockies. He I. I'm so confused, and I think this shocked baseball in general. Uh, the Rockies literally do not make any sense. You Last year, you had Nolan Arenado. You signed him to that big contract a couple years ago. Then what do you do? You trade him to the St. Louis Cardinals, a team in your division, your franchise player, and you trade him to your division. Like doesn't make any sense. So they trade him to his division. They had to pay. They had to pay thirty-five his salary for last year of thirty-five million dollars, and then on top of that, I think this year they have to pay the Cardinals fifty million dollars out of the one hundred and ninety-nine million dollars remaining on Nolan Arenado's contract. Okay. So then, what do you do? You get rid of your franchise third baseman to go and sign a, another third baseman to a huge contract, and then on top of that, you. You, you don't trade Trevor story last year to get prospects for him. You just let him walk in free agency. And you get literally nothing in return. Like, what are you doing? All right. So in my opinion, uh, because let's be honest, not a lot of people care that much about the Rockies as a small market team, uh, duly noted by our friend Tim here. So I'm going to take the horn on this one. Uh, so to me, to me, uh, there's some there's some funny business going on. Somebody's doing some some stuff uh, they shouldn't be doing. There, there's got to be because that you said 35 million, then 50 million this year. They got rid of a player to gain another player. Like, what is the difference between Trevor Story and and Chris Bryant, even if it's relatively different? In terms of let's use it as a as an overall rating. Let's act like this is Madden or MLB the show. If you give Trevor Story uh, 88 to a 90. How far up is Chris Bryant from that? Not that much, or he might actually be lower, depending on who you talk to. So they're relatively close, right, is what I'm basically saying. Uh, to, to do the same, and, and they could have got rid of him for prospects, uh, which is interesting um, that they don't take the prospects because it seems like uh, uh, teams in the MLB nowadays are, are maybe looking at football too much. Uh, with what's happened and, and kind of making the prospects slash draft picks less important and the free agent signings more important. It's just something like a trend that I've been seeing. I don't know if you have as well, uh, but that's kind of what I'm seeing almost, if that makes sense. 
It, it definitely does. I mean, there's just like, you don't, when it comes to prospects, you don't know what you're getting. Yes. They're their Their prospect ranking could be very high, but doesn't mean they're going to perform. I mean, we've seen it a thousand times. I mean, looking at football, what's his name? Who's the worst first round pick as a quarterback ever? Ryan Leaf. Exactly. What did he do in the NFL? Nothing. So it's just like, you don't know what you're just because someone performs in college or whatever. Yes. They clearly are good at playing a certain sport because they have, they're literally at that level of playing, playing it professionally, but you never know what's going to happen when you get to the actual big leagues. And I just like the fact that you like, you do not, you didn't trade Trevor story. You knew you were losing last year. You knew you had zero shot at making to the playoffs. So what do you do? You break your team down and then you go and get prospects and then help rebuild your farm system and then start the rebuilding process and then start the rebuilding process. But then what do you do? You sign Chris Bryant to a $182 million contract. And like, to me, what I also think is what's Chris Bryant thinking? Like granted that's kind of close to home because he's from Vegas, but dude, like, dude, what are you doing? Like you literally played for the Cubs. Then you went to San Francisco, you got traded to San Francisco and then now you go to the Rockies where it's a hitting it's a hitting ballpark. But now for the rest of your career, basically, because he has no trade calls. So the only way he can get traded is if he says, OK, I want to be traded. But now when people look at your numbers, they're going to compare to, OK, well, this is what you did. And at Coors Field, where the where it's just home runs are like lollipops, like you just eat them like whatever, like it's just. But then you go to, and then you go and play outside of, of Coors Field, and it's like, like how big are your numbers going to be different? Like, there's definitely going to be a change in numbers. Granted, Chris Bryant can hit, and he has proven that, but it just didn't make any sense. Like to me, it just he looked at the money aspect of it because the Rockies are not close to winning at all. Like you literally just traded you, you traded your franchise player to get another one, but. You're, I truly believe that Chris Bryant's career now is just gone. Like, it just doesn't exist anymore, like, with this. it's. I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, the Cubs were bad for a while, but that organization's relatively solid. I mean, I, they're, not, they're not top tier, but they're also not bottom tier in terms of market size and in terms of skill, to be honest. You go to the Giants, they had a decent year last year. Like they they were, were a surprise team last year and they, and they made it relative. They were, they were definitely above expectation for me to say the least. If you want me to put quotation marks around it, I will. Um, but to go to the Rockies, I mean, is he all about the money in this move? It kind of looks like it to be quite honest I, with you. And of course his agent, Scott Boris and everybody hates Scott Boris, but he's smart because he gets the most money out of his players. And I think this was just a result of that. Like, Here's a team that was going to offer you 182 million dollars for seven years. Like, and just talked. You just it. talked about the guy who said, "I don't. I just want to play baseball. I let my agent handle that." Well, yeah. he let his his agent handle it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have one more thing on the on the on the trade block uh, that we have to talk about quick before we get to our two surprise questions. However, I'm going to do this one. Uh, so the Minnesota Twinnies. Uh, They've gained a relatively decent player. Now, did he come from a cheating team? He did. He did come from a cheating team. Uh, And Tim and Tyler and I all hate the Houston Astros. 
I'm pretty sure equally, if not close, uh, because there's no cheating. Uh, there shouldn't be cheating involved in sports at all. Uh, Tim feels the strongest in this. He talked about it on the podcast that he was on last time um, on, on the All In Man Cave podcast. But the Twins have signed Carlos Correa, uh, shortstop from the Houston Astros, three years, $105 million. Uh, the first year is guaranteed. The other two years, I believe, are um, player options, I guess is what you would call it. So he has the option to play, option to not play. I don't know if the, the team has any say in that. I think it's just him, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Carlos Correa is going to be joining the Twins. Uh, listen, the, the Minnesota Twins are not a one-player-away franchise. Uh, they're not even close. Uh, their pit starting pitching is still awful, uh, and they do not hit for average at all, uh, and they're very inconsistent. Uh, from the games I've watched, from the games I've followed, and from some of the stuff that I've heard uh, via Minnesota sports uh, on podcasts, but – Listen, Carlos Correa, great player, uh, and he seems super excited, and Minnesota fans seem super excited to have him in the ballpark. So he's got to be a high-level guy. Uh, Minnesota teams are about having high-level people. Apparently, everyone uh, but everybody that was on the Vikings during the hooker yacht incident with cocaine, uh, as well as uh, Kirk Cousins being a schlep. But so those are the two players, that the two things that come up randomly. Uh, but Minnesota State of Hockey, uh, Minnesota Twins, are a very, we're a very good franchise and they took basically a backseat for the past two decades, honestly. Um, and they've had a few good years, but they really did take a backseat. So Carlos Correa, great shortstop. He did play for the Houston Astros. Uh, Tim, I know how much you dislike cheating in baseball. Uh, and I know you're not a huge fan of the Astros as an organization either, but what do you think of Carlos Correa? Um, I Dislike him just for the fact that he was a Houston player on the World Series team that did cheat. Uh, I will say, going forward, uh, this is he. This is essentially a stepping stone team for him. Uh, he's going to go here, show off what he can do outside of Houston, and then sign somewhere else, opt out, and go somewhere else. I absolutely one hundred percent agree with that statement. There's no way he's lasting three years and that 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 with that whole contract i mean yes he's making he's the highest infielder ever in baseball of with his average value of what he's getting in his contract but there's only one way he's staying after this year is if he has a terrible season and he's guaranteed 35 million dollars yeah that until yeah it it's three years asterisk if he sucks this year Pops off the following year, then he leaves. Whatever year he has, like the greatest showing is when he leaves. Yes, I I agree with everything you guys just said, and honestly, there's a very good chance, honestly, that he's there for three years. Uh, number one, because the Twins will pay him every year, uh, even if he sucks and they suck, they will pay him to stay there because it makes their organization look a little bit better, to be honest. And that's kind of what's part of. That's kind of what part of baseball is about is the, the aesthetics of your team and who's on your team to get, to make your team make more money, uh, whether that be Jersey sales, ticket sales uh, in general. Uh, but I a hundred percent agree with you guys. The twins are in no spot right now. 
uh, to hold any type of merit to thinking he's going to stay there longer, which is why he agreed to the contract. And it's almost the contract basically tells the story. Uh, if this if this three year deal uh, required him to be there all three years or had some sort of type of stipulation or just wasn't up to him and was up to more than one party, it would be a different story. But I 100 percent think that the, he wants to get that stigma off of him. Like Tim said, I 100 percent agree with Tim on this. Like it's a stepping stone. He's going to see he's going to play well for the twins. Uh, their division is not the best. Uh, so he might have more success in that division versus in the division that he came from. So he's going to be able to show off. He's going to be able to get traded and, or have an option to go to another team that's in the hunt. Maybe the New York Mets, who knows, or maybe the Phillies, who knows? Um, but yeah, I hundred percent agree with you guys. I just love when, when Minnesota teams get decent players, uh, they, he was on a cheating team, which there's always going to be an asterisk there, but, um, uh, he's a good player. I like him. I lo- I've seen a few press conferences of Carlos Correa and he looks like a pretty solid, a little pretty solid human being in general, his skill on the field, the way he talks to the media uh, and some of his teammates on Twitter consider him to be like this happy go lucky dude who loves baseball. So you, as a baseball fan, you can't really love more than that. That's no, that's absolutely true. He is a good, he is a good player. He is a very good player. Um, would he be worth the Mets? I I don't think so. We already have Francisco Lindor, so but we shall we'll see. see. We'll see. It's always different in, in 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 sports. But all right, guys, that's what we have. But don't go anywhere. I always have surprises for these two when they come on the podcast. So two things. Uh, the first thing is going to be each of you or each of us because I'm included in this. Look at me. I'm so lucky. Uh, I'm included in this as well. Pick a sleeper team right now. You don't even have to say why. It could be a complete guess, just like you uh, the thumb fucking your phone while making bets on DraftKings for future uh, for future World Series winners. You you could just <laughs> randomly you could throw a dart at the wall. Doesn't matter. Uh, pick a sleeper team. I am going to start uh, because the the one of the players I really like and have watched. Um, just got traded to this team not too long ago. Uh, And I'm going with the Texas Rangers as my sleeper team. Uh, I kind of like what they're doing in terms of their roster. They have guys to hit for average. They have guys that could hit more home runs uh, than they currently do. But I like the ads that they've done. Uh, They got Marcus Simeon. They got Corey Seager. So I like I like what they've done. And I think that people kind of forget about the Texas Rangers being relevant. And I think that they're going to be a team that makes a splash and possibly even sneaks into a wild card. Uh, They're not going to win that division. Let's, let's not be, let's not go nuts. Uh, They're not going to win that division. However, they're going to compete. And I think that their roster is solid. So, all right, Tyler, give me your sleeper team. I'm going with the Toronto blue Jays. Ooh, I like it. They're, I like their lineup. You got Bichette. You have Guerrero. I mean, the dude literally, he his goal was to lose weight. And I saw a picture of him. In one month, he lost 30 pounds. And he he just gonna he just he just rakes. Dude's fantastic. They have good pitching. You have another Houston Astro, George Springer. He's probably made the best catch of the year last year against the Mets, but you know, um, they just made a, 
I made a uh, trade with this Ramil Tapia guy from the Rockies. So I mean, there's they're scary. They they are they're scary. And you know, it's it's good for Toronto and for in Canada. Granted, it's mostly a hockey town, but you know, I Blue Jays are they have a deep deep lineup. Yeah, it's uh Canadians got a lot of the Canadians have a lot of hockey towns. Let me tell you. They um <laughs> however, I like that. You leave it up to Tyler to pick the only Canadian team to win a to win an American in an American league. I love it. Oh yeah, <laughs> now you're going to pick the Toronto Raptors too to win the NBA championship. I love it. All right, Tim. Doesn't matter who it is, pick a sleeper. Who do you like? Uh well, if the Phillies aren't winning the World Series, this year which i hope they do um this is it's going to be a really stupid reason but the only other team i heavily follow uh i would love to see the a's actually win a world series at some point in my lifetime and the only reason is because of the movie moneyball and that's like my only explanation behind it i could (laughs) i could sit there and watch that movie over and over and over and just be glued to the TV. And that movie has made me an Oakland athletics fan. All right. Let me tell you right now. So I had this pulled up on my phone because I wanted to know what you guys were going to say. Uh, so I've got world series projected futures picks on DraftKings. So assuming that all of us put $10 on it, Tyler, your $10 bet on the Toronto blue Jays would get you $85, eight and a half to one. Nice. Uh, I pick the Texas Rangers. I get 16 to one. But Tim, you're the real <laughs> winner here, Tim. If you put $10 on it, it's 78 to one. Seven, $10 wins you $780 if you put it on the on the on the Oakland A's right now. I'll take it. That's money ball at its finest right there. Sounds good. I'll put it I'll, I'll expect the $10. I'm going to place the bets for you right now. So I'm going to put them right in. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I won't put them in. Tim, don't but, get your hopes up because they're not winning anything this year. Oh, my. They just got rid of all their people. Like, literally, they did. Got, uh, they're on load. No, small market team. I wonder why. Once again, I, I, I swear I said that twice already, but Matt Chapman, um, yep, Toronto Blue Jays. Hey, at least they didn't have somebody come in and just gut their team for no reason. That's true. They Derek are. Jeter. He's talking about Derek Jeter. That, that's very true because he did gut that team completely. And now every one of those trades that Jeter made to get to trade Christian Yelich is no longer on the Marlins. And he left. He's well, no he affiliation with them now. That's that man should be in jail. <laughs> he apparently he left because he wasn't able to do the things that he wanted to do. And he got tired of the team's of the team not producing and spending money, which should get to us to our second point in our topic here, money. There you go. There you go. Money, it all comes down to money, unfortunately, uh, but not for this podcast because we don't make any and we just talk on it. So we're, we're breaking the mold right now. All right. So that's the first thing. Anybody wants to put bets out there and listen to these, these two, because please don't bet mine. Please don't bet mine. It doesn't mean anything. So, All right, second question, and this is for all the listeners out there. Get to know you guys a little bit more, and me, honestly. But, all right, so your greatest baseball memory, 
So this is how it's going to work. It doesn't matter if you were playing. It doesn't matter if you were watching. It doesn't matter if you met somebody somewhere, had a conversation, whatever your greatest baseball memory is. And I specifically remember mine. Uh, So I was, I mentioned on this podcast last time that I spent a lot of time at Turner Field as a kid uh, because I had family that lived in Marietta, Georgia, a small drive to Atlanta to Turner field. I think I was nine, not to, I, and I was wearing the only baseball Jersey I ever purchased on my, with my own money. Uh, I had a little box that I used to put money in from like the tooth fairy and whatever else I got money for when I was nine, possibly an allowance. I don't know, but I bought an Andrew Jones Jersey uh, who was one of my favorite players when I used to go to Turner field once a year when I would go visit my family down in Georgia, but I actually um, was about two inches away from catching a foul ball as a nine-year-old. And a person behind me actually snagged it in a beer cup. Uh, The beer did not get on me. I did not get the ball. Uh, I did not catch the ball. I should say I had my glove. I didn't catch it. And then the guy gave it to me. I do not do not know where that ball is. Uh, and Andrew Jones did not hit it, but pretty epic to see as a nine-year-old, uh, to be quite honest with you. And me playing baseball when I was a kid, nothing really compared to that. I loved going to Turner Field. Uh, it kind of gives me, fa- it kind of gave me like a family-type atmosphere, family-type vibe. Uh, a lot of people were awesome. They had the chop going. It was, it was awesome um, to see that uh, and to see Braves fans. It was cool. I'm no longer a Braves fan, uh, but I was just because those are the only baseball games I went to as a kid. So that is my greatest baseball memory. Tyler, go ahead. This is actually a tough question because like I have to like break it down between like things that I've seen and the things that I've like I've seen in person or on TV, but I'm going with being in like what I saw in person. Um for my birthday one year in, in college, we, my dad, and I don't think you were at, you weren't my roommate at that point. Um, but there was a couple of us who went to a Mets game and we were against the Cincinnati Reds and the bottom of the ninth inning, bases loaded. Ike Davis, who is known for making diving catches on railings at City Field, he hit a walk off grand slam. And that was like, as soon as he hit it, like, I don't have the video anymore, but like, I can picture, like, I remember exactly where the ball went, the sound of the bat. I remember like everything about that. And that was pretty awesome to see. And then last year, I see another walk-off Grand Slam against the Mets. And that was, it was against the Pirates in Pittsburgh and just thinking how many people see two walk-off grand slams? Not many. So Tyler, you're Thanks. up there in terms of the statistics. I want to pull the stats. We might have a we might have a move to make right now <laughs> to call somebody and tell somebody about this. That's pretty epic. I'm not gonna lie. I never saw anything cool like that at a baseball game. I haven't been to that many, and you've been to a lot of them. But I remember you yeah. telling me that story in college. Uh, that's cool. That yeah. it's a, that's a pretty fucking it's, it's a pretty cool thing to do. And to see uh, and to be able to see the amount of baseball that you witness every day to then go to a game and see that like you would have been jumping up and down for the Mets Grand Slam at your house with your little with your book doing 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 the book 
And yep. for you to be able to see that live, that's pretty awesome, dude. And I yeah. remember you telling me this story because I kind of figured, I kind of figured you that might be your move, but uh, to answer that question, but I, I like, I like the response. It was, it was tough because it was either that one. And I mean, also David Wright's last game. Like I was like, I was kind of hesitant going because tickets were like 300 bucks. And I was like, I don't want to know. But then it's like, you know, here's David Wright, Jose Wright's playing back to back. And when they pulled him off the field, there was literally not a single dry eye in the crowd. I was crying like every, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Like there's a whole saying there's no crying in baseball. Screw that because literally everyone was crying. My dad's next to me. He's like, and I'm recording and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, like, but that's like someone like Andrew Jones. Like these are players in our lifetime that we grew up watching. And then the scene, the one guy who's the definition of blue collar, New York Met who bleeds orange and blue walking off the field because of injury, basically, or ending his career because of injury. That was, that's, that's up there. So it was hard to between those two. Both of them are good. All right, Tim, let's go. Your response. Greatest baseball memory. Tell the people. My memory is from uh, when I played uh, uh, sophomore year of high school. First ever uh, appearance as a pitcher for JV. I threw a perfect game. Nice. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of a backstory to this. So I don't know if this is kind of how it is everywhere in America, like wherever you are. Uh, little league, most pitchers or kids that do get to learn to pitch, they're usually the coach's son, uh, assistant coach's son, but like anybody in the league that like has, they do extra for it. They're usually your pitchers. Uh, my dad was always of the opinion that, uh, you need to work for it. Like he shouldn't have to do stuff off the field or be a coach and just throw me into the position because he has that power. I should have to work for it and earn it. Uh, so all throughout little league, I maybe threw a couple innings here and there, never really stuck with it. Freshman year, there was never really anything for me. I told them, I told uh, the coach at that time that, I can pitch, but like, it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, let's okay. Like these are our pitchers. Like if we desperately need you, I can put you in, but you're an outfielder. Sophomore year before the season started, they always have open gyms. And for some odd reason that year, uh, our high school decided to have an, a pitching clinic or like just a pitcher's open gym, pitchers and catchers only. And I was like, fuck it let's go i showed up to this open gym and uh everybody there kind of like looked at me and they're like why are you here this is a pitchers and a catchers thing i was like well i can pitch this is just an open gym i can show up i'm a pitcher now and they showed me some things i guess i did pretty well the new uh jv coach at the time his which i actually love his last name and i love the guy because he Loved me after, obviously, I threw a perfect game in my first appearance. Uh, his last name was Workman. And the day of that uh, game, he pulled me to the side and said, yo, I'm starting you uh, for the game one because it was a double header. And, yeah, I just kind of went in and 
I another fact about the perfect game, I didn't strike out anyone. Every single thing was a player made out. That's crazy. Damn. That's absolutely nuts. Yeah, and then after that, I obviously pitched a bunch more for workmen and then going into the summer league because players obviously drop out the older you get like it's never going to be like as big as your little league teams uh my second i it's probably like close to the perfect game i managed to snag an all-star spot my last year of teener league and my game that i got to pitch in for that it ended up being a pitcher's duel into the seventh inning between me and a kid on the other team. His name is Danny. And after that game was over, I lost. Unfortunately, I, I gave up a hit uh, and cost us the game. But other than that, the all-star coach is just some random guy that gets to like, he just comes in, has no affiliation with any of the players. He just, He's just there to be a hard ass and be a coach for us. After the game, he like pulled me to the side and he was like, that was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Hands down. All right. So basically what I've learned from this story, Tim, thank you for sharing that with me. Cause awesome. Tim is clearly the best baseball player out of the three of us. That is absolutely correct. That is, and it's not even close. Like Tyler, we're like forty fives, and Tim's like a ninety two in Madden. <laughs> I, I would like, not, we're, I would not like put myself that runner. high. I would I, high seventies, low eighties. That's fine, but you find a spot clearly if you pitched a perfect game. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, dude, I congrats on that because not a lot I, of people can say they've done that. I unfortunately never really played a ton of varsity for my high school. However, I was clearly good enough to always make the team. Um, and I'm just saying during my years at Tamaqua High School, we were always uh, going far in districts. And two years, we actually made it into states. So the quality of baseball at Tamaqua during the years I played was incredible. That's awesome. And that experience you're going to take forever. And that's an experience Tyler and I never got because we played Easton Legion, uh, which was awful. Uh, we were basically the castaways and we rode the bench, which... It's kind of like a double negative if you think about it, Ty. Uh, we yeah, the only true. thing we really did all season was eat sunflower seeds. Uh, so barbecue, barbecue, uh, barbecue sunflower seeds. That's what we did. All right, so Tim, yes, you are clearly the best baseball player. Also, uh, not to leak Tim's uh, Tim's personal information. However, uh, he's got he may or may not try out for a baseball league. We're gonna get an update on that because I don't know. I am, the, I'll, not, I'll say this: I am I am trying out for a baseball league uh it's actually a little under well it's april 23rd is the tryouts and then from there they'll do like a draft based off of how i performed but yeah it'll be my first time hopefully playing baseball in like four five-ish years it's gonna be a little rusty tim you're gonna you're gonna need a little bit of work but it ain't gonna take long to get the perfect game mentality just keep that mentality tim (laughs) yep so, all right. So everybody's got to wish Tim good luck on this. I'm hundred percent down with it. Never got to go really that far in anything, but golf in high school in terms of States, I uh, actually missed States by two strokes. I uh, was at Lehigh country club. That course is almost impossible. So um, I didn't get anywhere near that. 
congrats for being on a team like that and also being able to play on that team and not get cut from it due to high school economics uh, slash politics uh, because our high school devo- it was everything politics except for golf because nobody gave a crap about golf, let's be honest, uh, except for me and everyone else on the team. But all right, guys, I appreciate you guys being on the podcast. Uh, listen, it's always a good time with you two. Uh, good stuff with baseball. So happy to have the season happening. Uh, you guys get to watch the game you love without a baseball season as much as some people say, oh, it's 162 games. It's too many games. The games are too long. It's boring. Well, then don't watch it. All right, so to stop, stop complaining about stuff you can't control. So America's pastime. I know people saying it should be the should be football but baseball is america's pastime i'm glad that it's happening i'm glad you guys are going to be able to be watching it and tim i'm glad you're going to be able to be playing it to be honest uh depending on how the tryouts go so and i know you're going to make the team you should just walk in and tell them you you pitched a perfect game but just tell them it was last year don't tell them it was like multiple years ago (laughs) yeah i can't wait that'd be absolutely great and this is just an off story uh tyler did cole tell you about the prank he pulled about there being no baseball season this year no With yeah Shannon. so i'll tell i'll tell him quick i'll tell him quick so i i so there's a girl that works in in shipping with me and tim sometimes her name's shannon hardcore phillies fan as well uh she loves baseball but hates every other sport uh, pretty much, or just doesn't care about it. Uh, and I, I, me and me and another uh, one of the other dudes, Brian, um, shout out to them too. I wish they would listen to the pod. I'm going to tell them to listen to the podcast so that they can hear my shout out. So <laughs> Brian and Shannon, right? So Brian walks up to me. We know that Tim and Shannon are hardcore into baseball and Brian and I concocted a plan to tell Shannon and Tim that the baseball season has been officially canceled. Well, uh, actually the entire it was, it was just to tell Shannon these were just there to tell Shannon, but I, I was just, I just happened to be like somewhat behind her and able to hear like the news, the quote unquote news. <laughs> and they check, they both checked their phones and like, Tim's like, wait, where did you see that? I was like, ESPN, it just came to my phone. Brian's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're both losing their minds for a couple seconds. And then we just started dying laughter. Yeah. Dying they were telling, they were telling her, and like convincing her. Meanwhile, I am physically behind her, like heartbroken, L- like pot, like trying to pull out my phone and just like see where they're getting this news from. Because I'm like, there's no way, there's there's absolutely no way there's gonna be no baseball this year. Yeah, dude, it, it, you did look heartbroken, and I felt awful after that. To be quite honest with you, I felt kind of Brian, Brian talked me into it, and like I'm always in for a good joke, uh, but I don't really think about the ramifications before. <laughs> Um, but (laughs) thank you guys again i really appreciate it tim i promise not to pull any hardcore terrible jokes on you anymore and tyler we clearly need to practice baseball at some point you want to just like throw like toss a ball around every once in a while because i mean yeah i mean we never made made the team before but like maybe we can make a team somewhere i don't know always great to just throw around a baseball my glove is always in my car we had him up at kutztown too when we were roommates as well Uh, But thank you guys again. I really appreciate it Um, for all the listeners out there. All in man cave podcast, please, please add me on Twitter at all in man cave pod. Follow me there. 
You can feel free to add me on Facebook, Cole Hate, C-O-L-E-H-A-Y, D as in dog, T as in Tom. Uh, the podcast available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other places podcasts are found. Feel free to subscribe. Uh, follow the pod on wherever you listen to it so that you can check uh, any episodes that you could could or would have missed in the feed. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, Tyler, Tim, and I have a lot of golf to physically do. Uh, and then we're also going to do a golf podcast at some point, in which case uh, the tables may turn a bit. And and the not the knowledge uh, of these two individuals and the lack thereof from me may turn a little bit. Uh, we're going to learn Tyler a little bit about uh, what professional golf looks like uh, and what players to look at and to look away from. Uh, and maybe even talk about Phil Mickelson being a schlep. So um, we'll talk about golf. We also will have an NBA podcast. Keep that in the back of your minds. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to get two of my other friends from work uh, that are hardcore into the NBA right before the playoffs start. We're going to do an NBA podcast. I didn't think there was another sport that I would know less about, um, but that will definitely be the NBA versus uh, MLB in terms of how often I follow it. So um, thank you guys again. I couldn't thank you enough. This is going to be an awesome pod. Everybody needs to listen to it. Make sure to follow. Make sure to subscribe. I will put the social medias of these two wonderful individuals in the bottom of the episode uh, info, uh, just in case you guys want to follow them as well, see what's going on. So uh, thank you so much. And like I always say, Later.